listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back to episode 75 of On the Road. This week we talk about the broad base of listeners that tune in each week and where they're located. Mike gets technical with Tim Boyle from Whip Around. We catch up with recently reformed Aussie music superstars McAllister Kemp and hear their brilliant new single. Trucking tax advice from Charlie in Wake the Truck Up, and later in Something to Talk About, Mike discusses the consequences of inappropriate driver behaviours on the road, plus our regular in-depth news and an oh-so-timely protest song from Aaron Lewis to take us out of the show. It's another all-singing, all-dancing fun fest coming your way, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes! Get over there! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. It's time for That's What You Think. Hey, Mike, I was just thinking the other day, you were telling me about all our stats for listeners, mm. and it was quite interesting stuff, and I thought it might actually be interesting for our listeners to know where they are. I mean, I'm sure they know where they are, but where everyone else is. Mm. So it's not just around Australia. We've got people all over the world. What are some of the more bizarre countries that we're – well, not bizarre, but what are some of the different countries we're reaching? Well, obviously, most of the people that listen to the show are in Australia. Yeah. Probably 90% of our listeners are Australian or New Zealanders. Yep. But we've got listeners in America, we've got England, we've got Ireland. There's four listeners in Ireland. I think they're all your family. They're all relatives, yep. <laughs> all relatives. That'd be Paddy, 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 and my other cousin, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> we've got two listeners in Romania. Right. We've got one listener in Belgium. Yep. People listen religiously. Okay. Whoever's listening to us in Belgium, and I, I've asked before, I would love some emails from people at mike and on the road podcast.com.au. Yeah. Tell me where you are and tell me what you like about the show or what you don't like about the show, but you know, what you like about it, preferably. Yeah. We'd be very interested to know. But as I say, listeners in the UK, listeners in Germany, all over the place. Lithuania, we had one from Lithuania the other week. Mm. That might have been one of our European listeners on holiday. Yep. I've had emails from some truck drivers in England yep. and emails from Canada. Okay. You speak French, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did French for four years at school. Do you know why I did French for four years at school? Oh, it had to be a girl, didn't it? <laughs> it was a girl. The French teacher. She was gorgeous. <laughs> oh, I had such a crush on the French teacher. Bombshell revelation. 
You know what I've got out of the French lessons? Go on. Love what you noir, the black car, buddy. That's it. Right. And I can count to ten. Okay. That's it. That's me French. Well, that was four years well spent, wasn't it? <laughs> four years of my wasted life, mate. Yeah. What can I say? So there's plenty of listeners in the US, obviously. We've got heaps of them there in Canada, as you said. We do. We've had a couple, I think, from Mexico. Yes, there's a couple from Mexico. Pedro and Pedro. Pedro. <laughs> riba, riba, hombre. You probably can't say like that. That's probably racist to say stuff like oh, that. Oh, look, if you want to read it that way, it's not meant to be. No. How about Asia? What do we got across Asia? We've got some listeners in Japan. There's mm. at least three in Japan. Right. But, I mean, overall, it depends on the week and depends on the show, and I suppose it probably depends on the subject matter. But I've looked back over the 70-odd shows that we've done. Mm. We've done shows that have each had more than 19,000 listens. Wow. A lot of have gone back and listened to a lot of the older shows too. Oh, yeah. Some of the earliest shows have got listeners in the high thousands. Yeah, that's very good. And for what we do, we're a very niche show. Mm. We were very proud to earn our number one status on tracking podcasts, and rightly so, dare I say. With all these people in all these different places, everyone has different interests. Everyone has a different aspect of tracking that's important to them. So we've said it before, but let us know what's important to you. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. People you'd like us to talk to, subjects you'd like us to cover, and if it's within the realms of legality and possibility, we'll jump onto it. I probably get about 20 to 30 emails every week from listeners. It's usually to tell me something that's going on. Mm. I get emails about the rest areas and things like that. And obviously some of these emails that I get turn into stories. Often people don't want to come on the show and talk. That's fine. I mean, we've had some guys that have emailed us and come on that a bit of a chat. I'm very open to that as long as we're not going to defame anyone. By all means, come on and have your say. I'll talk to anyone, or I'll talk with anyone. I've noticed that, yep. We are about providing that independent voice. Yep. Email addresses there, mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Send me an email, send me a text message. Phone numbers are on the webpage and on the Facebook page and on my Twitter profile. Very happy to hear from anyone at any time about anything. Absolutely. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up? Yeah. I'll shut up then. <laughs> all right, mate, you better get back to work. I've got to go and make some money, mate. I've got to turn these big wheels. There you go. Have fun. I will. See ya. See ya. After releasing their debut album, All Kinds of Tough, in 2010, McAllister Kemp became one of the most successful country music acts of the last decade, with a string of number one singles and albums, along with a host of Golden Guitar and CMC Awards. For the next five years, the pair became one of the highest-selling and most consistent touring acts in Australia, before making the decision to part ways in 2015, much to the dismay of their legion of loyal fans. Now you've got to love a story with a happy ending, and I'm thrilled to say that Drew McAllister and Troy Kemp are back together again, with the release of a brand new single, drawn from their fourth studio album set for release later in the year. Here to share with us their triumphant new single, After the Breakdown, are Drew McAllister and Troy Kemp. Drew and Troy, thanks for joining us on the road. G'day, how you going, mate? Thanks so much for having us. Hey, Andy, nice to be on the show, mate. Appreciate it. Great to have you both here. The marvels of modern technology, it's great. Oh, it's awesome, mate. How are you, buddy? How are you doing? Good? Lovely day. Good cup of coffee. Couldn't ask for much more. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Well, mate, I'm in sunny Cessnock down in Newcastle, and Drew's in a road stop somewhere on the freeway. I don't even know where you are. Where are you, dude? I'm not entirely sure. Somewhere off the freeway near Newcastle, heading towards city. There you go. Jeez, talk about being on the road. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is legit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Really authentic. 
Guys, you hit the Aussie music scene with a bang in 2010 with the release of the debut album. And the following five years saw you just going from strength to strength. But then in 2015, you decided to part ways. What led to you making that decision? All that sort of us getting together, it happened pretty quick. And we covered a lot of ground in a pretty short space of time. Hmm. And I think it was just after we made the Best Of album. So that'd be the fourth one. We had a bunch of new tracks on that as well. And basically, we both had an itch to scratch. I think what people tend to forget is we were both solo guys for 20 years before we met. Mm. So we both had that mindset of doing things on our own, I suppose. Although we achieved a lot in the time we were together, we had to go off and do some other things. So that's exactly what we did. You know, I went off and did a couple of albums and singles and Troy did similar. And yeah, it was just an itch we had to scratch. We both wrote a lot of songs for a lot of other people and a lot of songs for ourselves, for our own projects. And then the time felt right to come back and get back into it. So thankfully, we were lucky enough to get signed back to ABC, who was a record company for all that time. And it just feels like we never left. We're just sort of back in the pocket, man, yeah. Yeah. Well, they must be pretty happy with you with a new single. Haven't heard the rest of the album, but the single's great. Thanks, man. Like Drew said, Andy, you just felt like we sort of just got back on the horse, you know what I mean? And it's funny with the song. We started writing songs, I guess, over the last 12 months on Zoom because I now live in Nashville and Drew's over here in the Blue Mountains, so we had to write all the songs for the album on Zoom. Right. There's just a sound about Drew and I that it's just what it is, you know? Like, we weren't trying to break any new boundaries with, like, all the modern drum loops and poppy sort of sounding country. We just went back to doing exactly what we do and sounding like us. It's kind of like vintage MK just reborn and, you know, with a whole bunch of new songs coming in August on a full album. It's pretty exciting and we hope that the fans are going to like it. And it was such a buzz to do Tamworth together in 2020 just before I moved to Nashville and just before coronavirus shut the world down. Yeah, It was so cool, man, because like Drew said, we had, I guess, five or six years together there and we built a nice following of people and fans. And when we split in 2015, there were 13-year-old kids that read our gig back in 2020, you know, that were now 18 and 19 drinking beers in front of us and singing all the words. Yeah. They just survived the seven-year break and now they're all older and still singing every word of every song. So it's quite humbling, mate. And the fans are stuck by us and we've got all this new stuff ready to go and excited to be back together and, and ready to rip it. Yeah, well, as the old adage goes, always leave them wanting more. And obviously you did that and they were ready for more. Absolutely. We're very lucky in that regard. Not a lot of artists could say they got the chance to do that in the climate even all those years ago. Yeah. So we're very lucky, man, and we get another go at it now, which is cool. And we talked about the new single after the breakdown. It's a great song. What's the story behind it? Well, it was the first song we wrote when we got back together. Troy came up to our house and it was kind of a cathartic thing. It's a little bit of us in there and we're also talking about some friends of ours who were going through a very, very dark time. Mm. That song essentially is about coming at the end of that and looking for better days and that's essentially what it is. You know, it's kind of fitting. That was the first song we wrote when we got back together but also when you look at what people have been through over COVID, there's got to be a light at the end of the tunnel. There's got to be hope. There's got to be something to look forward to and a lot of healing involved. So that's kind of what it's about. Yeah. Now, the boundless energy and excitement of McAllister Kemp's live shows is quite legendary. And I know there'd be a lot of people hanging out for you to hit the road with the show. What are the plans? Yeah, man. Well, unfortunately, the Tenworth Festival fell over just this month. Yeah. Then we were looking forward to really getting up there and releasing our single. That was going to be the day that we did that gig in Tenworth was going to be that big show there at Blazer's showroom at West Leagues. So I uh, made it all fell over and got postponed till April. Mm. Unfortunately, I can't make it back across there for that one, but... In May, I'm coming back and, and we're going to do the Dubbo show on the 27th of May and then 
The 28th of May looks like we're going to be playing at the Toronto Hotel just in here in Newcastle. Right. But the plan is, mate, is to release our full album in August. There'll be a few singles before that. Mm. And come August, I'll be back over here for seven weeks. We're going to do a seven-week tour, you know, which includes the Mount Isa Rodeo, Gimpy Master, the Savannah in the Roundup. Is that Mariba Drew? Yeah, it's up there, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a seven-week tour, Andy, and we're just so excited to get back out on the road. We've got a great band and all the new songs and obviously all the old hits and it's going to get raucous. It's going to be fun. And, mate, we haven't done it in a while, so it's going to feel fresh and fun. And we're just so pumped to do it. Oh, brilliant. Well, see if you can bring it up to Brisbane and we can catch up. Definitely, oh, man. We will, we'll, man. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll get together and have some lemonades, buddy. I'm in. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Guys, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your music? I know there's people that already are familiar, but there'll be some listeners here that are perhaps finding out about you for the first time. Where do they go to find out more? The website's probably the best place to go. Mikalskemp.com.au. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Troy? Or Mikalskemp Music? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Mikalskemp.com.au. Yeah, it's only yeah. just been set up, Andy. We're rebirthing that. Yeah, yeah. All links are there, man. You can find anywhere, all our social media, Spotify, the works. That'll take you everywhere. Yeah. If they Google McAllister Kemp, there's not going to be a lot of them, is there? No, no there, there shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're back together again. It's been great to catch up with Drew McAllister and Troy Kemp. Gentlemen, thank you both for taking out some time to come and play on the road with us. Thank you, Andy. Really appreciate it, mate. Mate, an absolute pleasure. Now, if you wouldn't mind to take us out, would you please introduce your new single for us? Hi, guys. This is Drew. And this is Troy. And we are McAllister, McAllister Kemp. Kemp. And here's our new single. After the Breakdown. Cheers, guys. All right, mate. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andy. Have a ripper day, brother. You'll find a road to lead you out of trouble. You'll find a light at the end of every tunnel. You'll find a place where you won't have to struggle after the breakdown. You'll find your courage wrapped right in where you left it. You'll find your faith, and there you'll be protected. You'll find the strength when you least expect it after the breakdown.
fixed And it ain't gonna last forever Just finding all of those broken bits And putting you back together Get on back behind that wheel Just like in that old truck All the hurting starts to heal When you fire it up And let the life roll on Let the life roll on After the breakdown Everyone knows I'm right into tech, right? I've got all the latest cutting-edge stuff in my truck because my employers seem to love putting it there. We've got all the Teletrack Navman and the seeing machines and all that other stuff. And in the course of trolling around, looking around for things that I'd like to talk about and tell you about, and in the interest of keeping everyone up to date, I've come across this thing called Whip Around. Now, in my Teletrack system, there's a part in there for doing your pre-start and all the rest of it. So... You guys that are using Teletrack, just skip ahead because this will mean nothing to you. But everyone else should know that there is this sort of stuff around standalone. The product's called Whip Around. This is not a sponsored piece. I went after these guys to have a talk and tell everyone what it's all about. I'm with Tim Boyle now. He is the co-founder of Whip Around. It's a New Zealand-based company. I want to find out some more about it because I think it's a really great thing in this day and age. Tim, welcome to the show, mate. How are you going? Fantastic. Thanks, Mike. And it's a pleasure to be here. It took us a while to line things up, but I'm glad we're here. It's one of those things, mate, when you live across the ditch, it's a little bit hard sometimes to line up with the time and I forget, oh, I should have called Tim. Oh, I forgot about it. It's too late now. <laughs> here we are. I know the feeling. So I've been having a look at your webpage, mate. Would you like to tell the listeners what Whip Around is and basically where it came from? Absolutely. I think the easiest way to describe what we do is we are a fleet inspection and maintenance management software. And that concept is sort of ever changing and evolving. But at the core of what we do and where we started is the daily inspection. We've got a lot of customers in the US, which I'm sure we'll discuss in a little bit more detail. But for our New Zealand and Australian listeners, it's really about that pre-trip or post-trip inspection and digitizing that onto a, a really easy to use mobile app for drivers or for whoever might be inspecting those assets. And then the real value comes in how we manage any defects that are captured in that inspection. So that really is the maintenance management part where we carry that through a maintenance platform into defect resolution, obviously chain of responsibility and how we're tracking the correction of some of those defects. And then right into how we're engaging a range of different stakeholders within either an organization from mechanics to drivers, fleet managers or owners, whoever that might be, right through to external vendors, suppliers, techs, shops, whoever that might be, right from woe to go in that maintenance management process. So as a product, we absolutely stand alone in what we do for a lot of our customers. We are an asset register of sorts in that sense. But more and more as time goes on, we are integrating with some of the leading, you know, you talk Teletrack, we've got a lot of Geotab customers. A lot of the Telematics customers are looking for niche specialists in this area and that daily maintenance workflow. And that's the problem we really set out to solve. So this is simply like an app you download on your phone or on your pad like any other app and you just basically work through it when you do your pre-start. It's a basically a tick and flick sort of an arrangement and that links straight to your mechanic and straight to the boss 
And as a driver, the forward-facing part that you're going to see is the app on the phone. You're doing your pre-start anyway. It's no extra work to walk around with your phone and just tick and you've done a few things, is it? Absolutely. I guess coming back to the platform, we have mobile apps, native mobile apps, Android and iOS, and that really is where the inspection component is handled. Largely drivers, but managers also have a a range of functionality on there to manage the assets, the defects and the work orders and things that are going on. Mm. But we also have a really comprehensive web-based dashboard. And I guess that's what the office-bound folk are using more often. Mm. They're looking at when inspections are done, they're getting the notifications of when they haven't. And that's really where the data lives, where the record keeping lives and the centralization of those issues. The transport industry operates at great distance even within businesses. So to have defects being reported in one state or hundreds of miles away and having a mechanic or or some key stakeholder alerted of that in real time and be able to make those decisions quickly as to where the risks sit is where we start to sort of pile on some of the value. So Hmm. we're on web, we're on mobile. And as I mentioned, we sort of integrate that into a whole lot of other transport tech along the way. Yeah. So your company driver in one state in Australia can report to the office in Sydney that they've got a defect in the truck the mechanic can look at it and say, well, that's a safety issue. We need to get that sorted out. And you've got a documented record then, a trail of the fact that the defect was identified, it was dealt with, where it was dealt with, and what the resolution of that was. So you're creating that electronic trail rather than a sheaf of papers in a filing cabinet somewhere. Absolutely. That's it. It's giving people that insight and that ability to make decisions pretty quickly. Yep. And we've got a bit of a saying that you know, if it's not written down or it's not documented, it didn't happen. That's right. And more often... We're seeing the authorities ask questions, look at things, Mm. and companies, I mean, I might use the term carriers a lot here. I know it's not what we tend to do down here, Mm. but a huge amount of what we do is up in the US, and that's the terminology. Carriers aren't able to say, well, look, we did do it, but there wasn't a defect, so we didn't document it. And you start to sort of unravel a lot of how that chain of responsibility and looking into that role of primary duty and things like that. Where we offer that tool is that absolute digitized paper trail where, yep, we did it. Here's a photo of it. Or we did do it. Here is an inspection that we did at this location at this time. Nothing was found to be defective. So it must have happened on the road. And you can sort of start building some defensibility in some of the things that worst case may happen to one of your drivers when they're off on the road. Well, it's also a defense for the driver too. He can say that, well, I did report that. and This is when it was reported. As you say, the chain of responsibility is one of those things that we are focusing on talking about a lot more these days, particularly here in Australia, I know. The reality of it is is that most people go around and have a look at their truck every time they walk towards it. I know I look at my truck, and sometimes you do need to have a way to deal with these things. I know we had a paper defective vehicle safety report that we used to write, and you would, oh, yeah, I need to write a DVSR, and of course... Friday afternoon, you'd get home and you'd forget to write it. And then by the time Monday comes around, ah, crap, I haven't done that. And it's like making a phone call to you, mate, when I forget to do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's important we need it. And it's probably worth giving a little bit of context about how our product has sort of been developed over the last couple of years. Hmm. We absolutely started in New Zealand and New Zealand and Australia were in the sites. But very quickly, we started getting inquiry out of the U.S., And I guess fast forwarding to now, the last couple of years have really been understanding the US transportation compliance framework and building a product that solved some really particular things that are required there. And there's processes and checks and balances and requirements that are required in the US for large commercial carriers. And it's not just trucking, 
it's everything from concrete mixes and construction, it's delivery companies, it's utilities, it, it's a whole raft of commercial vehicles and, and fleet operators. But where those requirements in the US sort of sit, I think are almost a best-in-class example globally. Yep. Very onerous sometimes from the company's perspective to adhere to them. I think you wouldn't get a huge amount of our customers saying they absolutely love those regulations, but it's really driven us to build a product that is best-in-class when we seek to kind of match that. And when we bring that back to Australia, we bring that back to New Zealand, it really is a step ahead of even what's required in the laws down in this part of the world. Yeah. So it gives companies down here the ability to be at the absolute forefront of safety and compliance, yeah. looking ahead to potentially where those regulations might go down here with the US being so onerous in that area of compliance. Oh, no, that's great. Well, at this point, we'll just take a quick break and we'll hear from our sponsors. We'll come back and we'll talk about some of those requirements from the US and see how it dovetails into what we do in Australia and New Zealand. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. We're back with Tim Boyle, co-founder of Whip Around. Mate, it's hard to come across people like you who are trying to create a compliance tool or a tool that aids in compliance across multi-jurisdictions. You were saying before the break that the Americans are a, a little bit of a breed apart when it comes to their regulations. They are looking at things in a little bit more of a serious way than what we are. What are the sort of things that they're doing that's different to what we're doing? Well, I guess the first thing to sort of outline, and there are some similarities, I guess, from the state-based system that you have in Australia. Mm. New Zealand, with our size and nature, we don't have the benefit of a state-based system. It's it's all or nothing. Yeah. But in the US, you've got that on a hundredfold sort of scale. Yeah. The way that the regulations are policed over there, you have the Department of Transport, which looks after all things, transport from planes, trains, trucks, whatever it might be. Mm. And within them, the agency that looks after trucking is called the FMCSA, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Association, they really set the policy at a federal level. So they really look after anything that travels interstate or as they call it, the furtherance of interstate commerce, anything that intermodal comes from a port. And that regulation really is mirrored in the majority of states in the US. So you do have some uniformity coming from that policy. Now, that again is enforced at a state level by your highway patrol and your different police agencies. So there's a whole range of different levels of discretion on how some of this regulation is interpreted. Mm. So back to your point, it's a bit of a minefield when you start looking at where it sits and and the differences between where to go. And we have to manage that for our customers in some sense, but there is really a common theme that runs through it. And I guess some of the things that are somewhat similar to the Australian system is you do have a broad classification of a commercial vehicle or a heavy commercial vehicle being four and a half tons. Yeah, That sort of mirrors into the US as well, 10,000 pounds. 
And what that means is they have to have a Department of Transport number, which means they are on the radar of those agencies and have to comply with a whole raft of those regulations. And they break them down. I know Australia sort of focuses on five different sets under the NHVR framework. In the US, there's seven what they call basics, behavior, analysis, safety, information characteristics or something along those lines. And where Whipround really focuses is the vehicle maintenance basic. And that includes everything like your pre-trips, they call them DVIR, driver vehicle inspection report, and all of the different checks and balances and record keeping and things like that that have to come around your vehicle maintenance process. So it's quite onerous in the sense that the big difference that we've seen, and certainly here in New Zealand, a pre-trip is the kind of key moment for a vehicle inspection. Whereas in the US, and I think there is some logic to this, is it's actually the post-trip. It's at the end of the shift is when the DVIR is required. And I guess that's designed to give the company or the driver the time to kind of affect those repairs before the truck hits the road again. Big difference between this part of the world and the US is if there is a defect found, and this has sort of changed, It used to be every inspection had to be documented, but they have changed it now to having only defective inspections be written up. That has to be signed by the driver. It has to then go back to the carrier and the carrier or its agent, so effectively their mechanic or someone within it, has to make a call on whether that needs to be repaired or whether it's safe to operate. If it needs to be repaired or safe to operate, either way, the mechanic or the agent of the carrier then has to sign that piece of paper or that report, a digital one in the case of Whipround. That then has to get back to the next driver driving that vehicle. They have to cite the repairs or agree with the statement that the vehicle is safe to operate. They then have to sign it. So that's the third signature required by law on that inspection. It then has to go back to the carrier and be stored for a minimum of 90 days. Hmm. And they will get knocks on the door from the federal agencies coming to audit them to ask for that paperwork where they really go in and follow a paper trail through the vehicle maintenance pathways and they get pinged. There's big fines for this sort of stuff. And so that's really the big difference. You know, we're working with customers that are getting audited every couple of months. They have these scores called a CSA score, which is like the demerit system here. Mm. And as a carrier, they're starting, you know, if their scores start getting up to a certain level, they hit what's called an intervention threshold. They get on the radar of the authorities and chances are they're going to get a knock at the door or at least a phone call to say, we want all of these records within 48 hours. And that's going to be evidence of these inspections. That's going to be evidence that they have a plan to maintain the vehicles, evidence that they did the repairs, evidence that all of these things have happened. So that's really where the US sits in terms of vehicle maintenance compliance and really where we've tailored the whip around product that I think delivers a huge amount more insight and robust process around that safety management cycle than potentially what the law even requires down here. Yeah, well, down here... Sometimes questions get asked when things go wrong, and that's when people start thinking about presenting the evidence. Of course, once things have gone wrong, it's a little bit too late to be thinking about the evidence. This thing records services and all that sort of stuff, provides maintenance reminders and help you create work orders and do all that sort of stuff for you? Yep, absolutely. 2016, we built a product that my co-founder, James, had worked within some of the bigger freight companies in this part of the world, Mm. worked for Toll, worked for DHL, worked for Kerry Logistics, a few others. Mm. And over its time, there was a shift in the legislation in New Zealand, which was the Health and Safety at Work Act was coming into play. There was sort of meant to be a whole lot more regulation. And I think there has been downstream from it. But there was a whole lot more responsibility being landed on transport companies and, and every business. And he just started to see firsthand that the contractors that were trying to manage even three, four, five vehicles 
what they were having to now do in terms of paperwork, inspections, yeah. spreadsheets, this whole disjointed sort of process. And we put our heads together and thought, well, look, there's got to be a better way to do this. And surely we can connect the inspection into a more centralized platform. And that was the first iteration of Whiparound. Where we went from there with you know, a huge amount of feedback from our early customers and, and still to this day, that's largely where we drive our product roadmap. But we built a really comprehensive maintenance functionality, which has everything from parts and inventory, tracking, repair costs, labor costs, and then giving the ability to set up some of those preventative maintenance reminders and service schedules. Most trucking companies that we have on our books certainly have a GPS tracking. In the US, they have what's called an ELD, an electronic logging device for hours of service. Yeah. But for those customers that don't, we have the ability to just take a picture of the odometer. We use some OCR technology to read that. And so all of our maintenance reminders and alerts and things for the scheduling that we have is triggered off either mileage or hours or time and date sort of stuff. Yeah. What I think is unique about what we do is we can take that reactive maintenance from the inspections. So broken tail light, bald tire, we can pair it with an upcoming service that might be an oil change, could be something like tire rotation, it could be a B service or something like that. And you can combine all of those into a work order and start assigning those to specific people. Yeah. You can then track, well, how long has that mechanic had it? How long did it take him to repair that? Has it been repaired? Have they authorized that that was done? And that's really where you can take a reflective look back and think, why do we have an issue with this truck in particular? How did those tires blow out on a particular day? Mm. You're able to then start to focus in back on, well, who was tasked with repairing that? Where was it? How did they do it? What was the communication? And you touched on it before, I mean, I laughed, I was reading this week, I think you actually put up an article a wee while back, the best way to annoy a driver is to change something. <laughs> yeah, that's right, I did. Yeah. We hear that a lot, don't <laughs> worry. Change management is something that is dear to our heart. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more. We have to be very, very conscious of that with drivers. Hmm. But in that whole sort of circle of information and feedback loop, one thing we know we really do add value to the drivers in is they're getting a hell of a lot more visibility now on those vehicles when they get into them. And hey, this was flagged as defective a few days ago, still defective, or it's been repaired and Mike the mechanic fixed it last night. Yeah. Here's a picture, here's his comment, or hey, we can't get the part in for a couple of days, it will be fixed, but it's actually okay to drive. Yeah. And that's where drivers start seeing a huge amount more value and they get the friction, oh, we don't want another app, we don't want more technology. But once we get in there and they see that they become a really critical stakeholder in that process, yeah. I think then we become a little bit more of a welcome part of their day. Yeah, I know, that's right. But I'll tell you what, we could probably talk about this for hours more. There's an absolute truckload of stuff we could go on with. Well, we're going to wrap it up, mate, because I can't let you take over the whole show, even though it's a great product, all right? I want to say once again, I went after Tim and Whip Around to get the information because I think that this is great. It's something to help an owner driver or a small fleet owner or someone here that isn't running all that other electronic stuff, try and reduce their maintenance uh, compliance and make it a little bit easy. Mate, people, if they're interested, how can they get hold of you to find out more? Well, you can head to our website to learn a little bit more, and that's www.whiparound.com. You will note that a lot of our marketers I've touched on is in the US. Yep. So don't be scared when you see it. We're not hours and hours and miles and miles away. We do have a great big presence up in the US, but we're based here in New Zealand, half of our team's down here. And so we are going to be able to pick up the phone and have a chat to you as well. Even though, Mike, you sort of say there is a lot of transport tech and larger companies have other things within there. The majority of our customers in the US have another system that does cross over into us. Yeah. We really take that up to another level. Yeah. So for companies that want to improve that safety posture, compliance, inspection and maintenance process, 
and our growing list of integrations. You know, we're doing a lot of work with Mercat Beyond Clarity for GeoTab. Yeah. Those sort of systems just really work well with what we do. So don't be afraid if you're a bigger fleet. The average fleet we have on our systems, you know, probably close to 40 or 50 vehicles. And we are working alongside a lot of other technology. So visit our website or just contact me directly, tim at whiparound.com. And I'll look after you personally. I'd love to hear from you. So Mick Carter from Beyond Clarities in Australia, he can help you out a bit, can he? Or Yeah, he can. He's doing great things. You know, they're really pushing a couple of seeing machines and I know they're pushing Geotab really hard. Mm. I think Geotab's a, a sensational product that's doing great things in this part of the world, not just up in the US. We integrate with that. We have a great side-by-side value proposition and Mick's an absolute champion. I think, you know, anyone that has a fleet of trucks should be chatting to Mick about some of the solutions they have, including Whiparound. All right, mate, no worries. Thanks for coming on the show with us, Tim. Thanks for telling us all about it. It's been a great pleasure to have you. Who knows what'll happen? Maybe we can hear from you again down the track, mate. If anything happens, don't be afraid to get hold of me. Absolutely. Hey, pleasure to be here today and you know, good luck out there, mate. Thanks, mate. See ya. Cheers, bye. That was Tim Boyle from Whip Around, company from across the ditch. Look, I hope you found that interesting and informative. If you've got anything else you want to find out about it, go to their webpage, whiparound.com. I think it's a good product. It'll help people reduce some of the paperwork that they do when they do their pre-starts. And let's face it, anything we can do to make life a bit easier is probably worth looking at. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean... How are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Hey guys. Hi guys. This is Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll do a count, bro. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is hard. Okay. One, two, three. Hey guys. Hi guys. This is McCallister Kemp, and you're and listening to On, the, On road. the Road with Mike and Mike Andy. And Andy. <laughs> Got a letter from the IRS saying your tax return is a terrible mess. It's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the truckies tax accounting specialist. Thanks, Andy and Mike. Hi, I'm Charlie from Triple M's Night Shift, and I represent truckiestaxaccountants.com.au, Australia's number one truckies tax specialist. 
I'm here and on Triple M's night shift each week, working hard for hardworking Aussie truckies to help them wake the truck up so they can recover more refunds from returns lodged and bigger, safer refunds from 2022. I've been here since episode 45 and weekly since episode 58. So be sure to listen to all the truckie tax tips that I've left on this show. We're now posting all my on-the-road podcast and night shift appearances on our website, truckiestaxaccountants.com.au. But remember, I'm just dealing with tax. Mike and Luke deal with all the truckie issues, so be sure to listen to everything. Not all about money, like truck. <laughs> I hope you're tuning in to Night Shift to hear the answers to questions asked by your fellow truckies all over Australia. I'm on air for about an hour, an hour and a half, each Thursday very late or Friday very early, depending on where you are in this beautiful sunburnt country of ours. That's Thursday, 10 p.m. WA, 11.30 Northern Territory, midnight in Queensland, 12.30 in South Australia, and 1 a.m. Sydney, Melbourne, ACT, and Tasmania. The more calls this show and Luke gets, one triple three five three the more time they will give to the topic, which is clearly very important to truckies, as well it should be. Millions in unclaimed expenses over a 50-year career is nothing to sneeze at. So wake the truck up and hammer Triple M or call me, one 300 During each appearance on the night shift, the switchboards have lit up with hundreds of callers. And our 24-7 helpline has literally not stopped ringing, which means you guys are keen to get what you're entitled to. And we're very keen to help. So make a booking, it's free. Today, I'm gonna to share some good news. Not only are we the best, but we've just developed a technology which will make us the cheapest. That's for basic returns, $39 when you use it to simply do a basic return. Today, I want to drive home the message I've been driving home relentlessly since we started talking. And they are the two big tax tips. Car, make sure you're eligible and keep a logbook. Call now to check your eligibility, it's free. Receipts. Keep your receipts using our free and easy tax method. Call now and we'll set you up. As I've said, it's free and easy. You can call 1-300-5111 or email me, charlie at truckiestaxaccountants.com.au or book online at truckiestaxaccountants.com.au. There's no time like the present to start keeping perfect records for a bigger refund. Free and easy PRPT. P. Pay for everything with your tax mother trucker card. R, ask for the tax receipt. P, photograph the tax receipt with your phone. T, text that photograph to your tax receipts email, which you save in a contact called AAA Tax Receipts. If you've registered your email with On The Road Podcast or Night Shift, they may be happy to send you all the information I've sent them. That's their decision. But I've also posted it on Facebook today on Truckies Tax Accountants and Wake the Truck Up and instructed website managers to post it on truckiestaxaccountants.com.au. Finally, not only will truckiestaxaccountants.com.au deliver the biggest, as I've mentioned, we're also going to deliver the cheapest. I don't think truckies and traders should use a cheap one, but it's there in case that's what they prefer. The cheapest model uses a technology where the phone prompts you with a voice prompt to press buttons to enter your tax file number and the amount you want to claim. We can do it cheaply at $39, and we're going to make it more and more complex to cover truckies too. So whether you want the cheapest or the biggest refund after fee, we've got you covered. It's your choice. I'm changing the whole tax market to eradicate the poor returns being prepared by uncaring tax preparers. So stay tuned. Remember, Mike, Andy, and I are always keen to hear your questions. So make sure you let us know what it is you'd like us to talk about. 
As always, all I do is care and share the information available on ato.gov.au because no other mother trucker has been bothered. So wake the truck up now. It's free to listen, free to learn, and free to call 1300 511 Until next week, I'm Charlie, Australia's number one truckies tax accountant. Keep it safe out there. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey, this is Gina Jeffries. And I'm Tanya Kernigan. And you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. <laughs> For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? You're melting out there yet? Mate, I'll tell you what, I'm down here at Beresfield and I've just been over to have a shower and I've walked back to the truck and I reckon I could go back and have another shower, mate. It's like North Queensland, Newcastle today. It's ridiculous. I don't envy you. Mate, I know you're not a rugby league fan like I am, but I've got my black armband on today. It's sad to hear the late, great chook, Johnny Raper, passed away. Even though I'm not a rugby man, I do know the name. Mm. He was a hell of a player, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, a hell of a player and a, and a bit of a statesman for the game, unlike a lot of the players these days. Yeah. Yeah. Mate came home to find a note on my fridge from the wife. All right. It simply said, this is not working, I'm going home to mum. Right. <laughs> you opened the door on the fridge and it was working just fine? Yeah, the light came on and the beer was still cold, so I've got no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to get better jokes, mate, because I know the punchline. Mm, I'm running low on them now. <laughs> just about used up my full collection. It's all right. Anyway, our friends at Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds have teamed up with BP Australia to provide mental health and wellbeing support to workers in the road transport, warehousing and logistics industries. Yeah, they have. And these sort of partnerships always seem to be beneficial. Talking about truck hubs and that sort of thing in the BP roadhouse, I saw a comment made on social media about that at TransHealth an organisation that existed a little while ago, and they tried to do the same thing. Mm. I'm just hoping that there is a level of understanding that we don't need to make this too complicated. Keep it simple, stupid is always a good adage, and I hope that's what they do because the mental health and the well-being of our drivers is one of those things. Now, as we talk about on a consistent basis, these things are important, so we need to just keep it simple and help as many people as we can. Make it easy for them to get help. Yep. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Speaking of unions, which we weren't, the TWU, the SDA and the AWU have formed a retail supply chain alliance calling on MPs to endorse a bipartisan plan to fix crippled supply chains. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful, isn't it? Mm. That they can all sort of get together, talking about the gig economy and federal commitment to the supply chain fixes and all the rest of it. But they don't seem to understand when they talk about this stuff. And I'm all for these commitments to fix the supply chain because God knows there's enough that needs fixing. Yeah. But what seems to be lost on all of this is that all the states have control over their jurisdictions. Mm. Even though we've got a national heavy vehicle regulator that's not national, yep. they all make their own rules, they all set their own agendas, they've all got different goals and 
for all the waffle and all the talk, there never seems to be any sort of a consistent answer to anything. You can ask three different people in three different jurisdictions and get three different answers, even if you ask them the same question. Yeah. So I sort of see the gab fests and I sit back and I go, oh, yeah, right, eh? And, of course, when they actually invite a truck driver to one and ask them what they reckon, they might get some answers. Mm. Mandatory consultation on policy change. Well, I thought that was something that they were supposed to do anyway. Yeah. And everyone's fixated on getting free rapid antigen tests for everyone. Mm. Why don't we just get fixated on the idea of the bloody tests are pointless and we save the money and not bother with them? Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Everyone seems to be trying to justify their little piece of the empire. Mm. This is one of those times when I don't agree with the TWU. Yeah, good. We need a road transport industry songbook. Yep. And then we need to form a choir and have choir practice so we can all start singing out of the same one. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Effective from today and in force until the 16th of February... Width restrictions will be in place over Scrubby Creek and Holy Joe Creek on the Flinders Highway between the hours of 6am and 6pm daily. Holy Joe. Holy Joe. God, we've got some great names for bits of roads and things in Australia, don't we? I'd love to know where the name came from. Mate, there's a list of them, and if you go down the list of weird and wonderful names, there are some absolute crackers. Oh, yeah. There's a place down in Tasmania called Dewtown. Did you, have you ever heard of it? Dewtown? Dewtown. Uh-huh. Every house is sort of named after something. So there's, you know, Dunny Do and Will Do and Can Do and Can't Do and Should Do. and It's just a crack up. <laughs> anyway, we're off the track. It's like Inaloo in WA. That one always gets to me. Where do you live, Inaloo? Inaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Explains why you're looking a little flushed. That's, it does indeed, mate. I've gone off into the weeds. Meanwhile, back at Scrubby and Holly Joe Creek... But the people that don't know where it is, it's up near Cloncurry. Mm. So it's not going to be something that many of the East Coast runners down south are going to encounter. Mm. So if you're going to go up that way, just bear in mind it's 70 kilometres west of Julia Creek on the Flinders Highway, Scrubby Creek. And Holy Joe Creek is approximately 40 kilometres west of Julia Creek on the Flinders as well. Yep. Bear in mind that those works involve single lane closures and traffic control and a reduced speed of 40 kilometres an hour. But if you're heading up that way, I'm sure you see the signs. They're a bit of a giveaway. You'll be right. Don't run over anyway. I've been rehearsing this next one because it needed <laughs> a lot of rehearsal. Right-o. But a new report released this week, and you've got to bear with me here while I try to get the title out of the report in one breath. Mm-hmm. Here we go. The Rebuilding Vehicle Manufacturing in Australia Industrial Opportunities in an Electrified Future Report. <laughs> <laughs> The first five pages of the report are just the title, mate. Anyway, the report focuses on the possibilities for the local electric vehicle manufacturing sector, and I'm excited because you know how much I'm into electric vehicles. And look, and, and I'm into them too, mate, you know. I was so far tongue-in-cheek then I was licking my ear, mate. I know, I know. I'm trying to be serious, dude. Okay. Because news is serious, okay? Not when we do it, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be serious, all right? Okay. Just for this one moment in time, okay? Go for it. We all know how important and how serious electric vehicles are. Yes, we do. Now, you remember we had that awesome conversation with old mate Lex from Janus Electric? I do. We all said that we needed an E9 soundtrack to spice up life. Mm. But I'm having a look at the picture on the story, and if you want to know more about the story, please go to bigrigs.com.au and check it out. Lex didn't even get a bloody mention in the story. How soon we forget. How soon we forget. Mm. 
I'm all for the idea, believe it or not, of doing what we can. I mean, Australia is a repository, huge repository of rare earth minerals. Was that repository or suppository? It could be if you ask Tony Abbott, mate. Okay. He, he's the suppository of all things, apparently. <laughs> okay. So I've been told. <laughs> Come on, we're being serious here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just hang on, I've got to give myself a quick uppercut. Righto, back at it. Good. We are a repository of the country, not us personally, but the country. Mm. We've got huge volumes of rare earth minerals and things like that to make batteries out of. Mm -hmm. We've got the talent. We've got the ability to do it. What we need is the government to make the conditions that make us able to be able to do it. Yep. That's a good thing for government to do. Not, I'm not talking about subsidising it. I'm talking about creating the conditions where people can actually make a quid out of it. Mm. So you've got people like Lex. Now, while all these new ideas are great, New electric vehicles and all the rest of it built from the ground up and being purposely built to be electric right from the start, that's fine. The beauty of Lexus project, though, as I've said before when I talked about it, and what blew me away about it is you can take a 20-year-old prime mover that everything is still fine with, rip all the OEM diesel components out of it, chuck an electric motor and a battery in it, mm. and Bob's your uncle. You've repurposed something. And Lexus not paying me for this either, by the way. I think that that's just as worthy an idea there's about 20,000 diesel light medium utility trucks currently sold annually. Mm. We've got a net zero emission goal by 2050, even though they said we weren't going to do that. We are doing it. So we need to do what we can to try and sort of meet these goals if we can. Mm. One of those things is the EVs. Now, how these things get charged, whether we go to nuclear power or we do more clean coal or gas, all that side issues. We can't lump all these things together. Mm. We need to look at all the options of how we're going to do it. And I actually get a little bit excited about some of these electric vehicles. Okay. I don't get excited enough to go and buy one. No. But I do get excited about the possibility. The technology and the gadgetry and all that sort of stuff really does impress me. You worry me sometimes. I worry you. Yeah. Well, say so you can put a picture of me in your wallet, mate, and then you can look at it when you want to be scared, just like I do with yours. Yeah, I'll look into that. <laughs> it was interesting. I was looking at one of the auction websites online that are running a current auction on trucks and vehicles, and Jesus, a lot of them. Yeah, well, that's right. I'm sort of in the middle of talking about what's going on with the mid-size companies in the country. Like you're looking at the likes of Maranoa and Berks that are just closing their doors and going away. And Richie's are doing a roaring trade. Mm. We've done a few stories on this over the last couple of months. Yep. And I'm sort of trying to get to the bottom of why this is happening. And I, I don't know, maybe I've got some unpopular opinions about that, but it just doesn't seem to me that there's been any real sort of plan to keep these businesses going and any willingness to sell the businesses. I can't understand why a business like Burke's wouldn't be sold as a business. I mean, they've been around for ages. Mm. Why wouldn't someone buy that? I just don't understand it. I mean, if you look back in time, there were businesses like CJD from up at Schumann. They were snapped up by toll. I don't understand why that's not happening now. And there's only one answer that I can think of. It's the massive capital expenditure in the trucks mm. and the wafer-thin margins that everyone's operating on. You go to the bank and say, oh, I want $10 million to buy a business, and they go, oh, yeah, no worries. And and then they look at the margin and go, you're dreaming, mate. You're mad. Yeah. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. It is. Following on from our news story last week about the lack of clarity regarding the tax deductibility of rapid antigen tests, yep. NatRoad has welcomed the news from the ATO that rapid tests will be tax deductible and exempt from fringe benefits tax for businesses. People have been advocating for the free rats and the PCR tests, and they're saying these things are vital tools for road transport business to protect their workforce and keep the supply chains humming. Mm. Just on this, yeah. 
news just to hand. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I was having a chat to a fellow like not 10 minutes before I got you on the phone. Hmm. And he's been knocked back from going into the Coles DC in Perth because he's not triple vaxxed. Yep. I don't understand. Were we not told that double vax was the way to go? Were we not told that you know all this was good? Yeah, but that's old news, mate. You know the difference between a conspiracy theory and a fact these days? <laughs> go on. About three weeks. Yeah, that's true. The goalposts just kept on getting moved and kept on getting moved. At least the ATO has decided that we can have a tax deduction if we've got to buy a rat. Mm. And at least the companies are going to be able to give you the rat to use without you know, triggering the fringe benefits thing. Anyway, there you go. Get it. Australians earning an income tax, 32.5% will receive a tax refund of about $6.50 for every pack of two rats they purchase for 20 bucks. There you go. So you don't even get all the money. Hmm. You get over 25% of the money. Aren't they generous? Aren't they? Courtesy of a video supplied by the TFNSW team, which showed a driver safely and successfully negotiating a tight left-hand corner in Cobar, The Queensland Trucking Association CEO, Gary Mann, has said that the driver in the video did a great job and gave the TFNSW the confidence to open the route permanently to BABs and Type 2 road trains and larger combinations. What, 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 what? I'm excited. Mm. One hand clapping. Yes. What I am happy about is that the people got off their backsides from behind their desks and went out and had a look and saw how things happen in reality. I'm happy with that. Mm. But there's any amount of video around of how these things track. Yep. Right? And having driven really big trucks now, I can speak with some authority. I would drive a quad between Newcastle and Dandenong quite happily Mm. because they can manoeuvre around the place even though they weigh a lot and they're long and they're big and scary if you're in your mini minor. And once you've had some time behind the wheel, they're just like anything else. And that guy got around that corner very nicely, you know, well done, hmm. you know, you, and I'm not denying your skill or ability. What I am is I'm not surprised that he got around the corner. Yeah. What I would be surprised about is if someone that hadn't been driving one probably for as long as that bloke has got around the corner. Hmm. And this is the problem, and this is why I really wanted to talk about this. And I appreciate what Gary Mann's saying, and I appreciate what everyone else is saying. But if we go and let these combinations loose on the highway without adequately trained, adequately experienced and adequately tested drivers driving them, it will end in disaster. Hmm. And, and you don't need a magic eight ball to work that out. Driving one of those things is like watching a two-year-old in front of a fire with no fire guard. Hmm. You have to be right on it all the time. There is no time to be playing 50 shades of bloody grey or candy crush or whatever it is that I've seen some people doing driving down the road. Hmm. We need to be onto it. And I'm happy to see routes open up that should have been opened up ages ago, and I'm not having to go at anyone for any of it. My reservation is that there are drivers out there that have got licences to drive these things, and when the routes are open and the companies are allowed to do it, they will go, hey, Trev, go and jump in that thing and take it to wherever it's got to go, mate. Just watch that roundabout. It's a bit tight. Mm. Now, whether Trev gets around the roundabout or not depends on Trev's skill level and how confident he is when he gets there. Yeah. And the big difference between what they do with these big combinations and what you do with the smaller ones is the level of training that you get. Mm. That's about all I've got to say about it. I hope nothing bad happens. I hate to be the voice of doom. I'm being a bit of a devil's advocate with this one. Mm. All I hope is that if something does happen, they don't have a knee-jerk reaction and just basically shut it all off again because of one incident. Fair enough. Thought for the week. Yesterday I decided that I was clever, so I set about trying to change the world. Yep. 
today I've realised that I'm wise, so I've set about trying to change myself. Oh, geez, philosophy, mate, at the end of the news. Mm, something in that for all of us. Well, I think there is something in that for all of us. All right, mate, well, let you get back to your sweating. That's lovely, I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, looking forward to the next shower further up the track. I am. All right, mate, safe travels. Thanks, buddy. Take care. I'll try. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. The Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hi guys, my name's Dan. I listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. Something to talk about, but before we get started on that, let me just say a couple of other quick things. There's a new podcast which has come out called Keep On Moving. It's a New Zealand podcast. It's done by the trucking magazine in New Zealand. Great bunch of guys, and we've had a bit of a chat with them. If any of the New Zealand expatriates are here, you might want to listen to it, hear what's going on back in New Zealand. Quite interesting. I've also penned a bit for one of their magazines talking about what it's like driving over here in Australia. So I'll maybe share a link or something. We'll see how we go. But everyone over here knows what it's like. We won't worry about it. Now, something to talk about. Controversial opinions. I was out at the Ox in Brisbane the other night having tea with a bloke. And we were having a bit of a talk. And he's all over the statistics and all that. And I said to him, OK, mate, so what's killing us? And he just looked at me and said, you are. I said, what do you mean I am? He said, well, you and blokes that look like you, you're killing yourselves. And I said, dear, oh dear, mate, well, we're not responsible for all the accidents. He said, yeah, but all the accidents that you blokes die in are the ones that you've done to yourselves generally. They're things like fatigue accidents, and there are a lot, you've got to admit it. And they're things like unforced errors, excessive speed, inappropriate speed is probably a better word. Rollovers. We all know that the roundabout is the natural enemy to the cement agitator, the concrete agitator, whatever you want to call them, those things with the bowl on that go round and round. Roundabouts and them, chalk and cheese. So it's these inappropriate speed rollovers, it's those sort of things. And they're the root cause of just about every single accident that you can have a look at where the drivers get killed, where the truck drivers get killed. Without talking about the cars and how many accidents they cause, just talking about the ones that are caused by the truck drivers. Now, the worst part about it is, and this is the controversial part, we have all the information available at our hands to have a look at how we drive and how we can do better. We know what causes these accidents. Sometimes we've even got the data that says, well, look, if you'd have been talking to these blokes for months before saying this roundabout's dangerous or that corner's dangerous or, you know, we've gone close here a few times or, Billy, you idiot, you better lift off, mate, because sooner or later it's going to happen. We need to start having those conversations. What's controversial about that? It's controversial because we seem to accept that death in our industry is just a cost of doing business. It's time we stop accepting that and start realising that the people we're putting in the ground are our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers, our mates. And I've done it one too many times. So something to think about, something to talk about. If you've got something to say, by all means, get back to me. Email me at mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Ring me up, 0418 722 my number. You'll get me pretty much any time. Or leave a comment on our webpage or our Facebook page, and we're happy to get back and get into it. Take care out there. We'll see you on the road. 
If you missed our special bonus episode last Saturday, where Mike had a great insightful chat with Canadian trucker Gordon McGill about the Convoy for Freedom rally in Ottawa, Canada, please go back and have a listen to it. You won't be sorry. Now, we had a song already lined up to take us out of this week's show, but I happened across this great protest song by American singer-songwriter Aaron Lewis. Even though it's patriotically USA-themed, the sentiment is the same the world over. The song's called Am I the Only One? And it's something special. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks of taking all the good we got and turning it back? Hell, I'll be damned. I think I'm turning into my old man. Am I the only one willing to bleed or take a bullet for being free? Screaming what the hell at my TV for telling me, yeah, you're telling me that I'm the only one willing to fight for my love of the red and white and the blue burn. the threads of old glory come undone Am I the only one not brainwashed making my way through the land of the lost who sees it as it is and worries about his kids as they try to undo all the things he That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Just hang on for a second, mate. My bloody dog's gone off his trolley. Nanny says... We can sort that all out in the wash. And our guest says... Are you sure? 
Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Am I the only one sitting here Still holding on, holding back my tears For the ones who paid with the lives they gave God bless the USA I'm not the only one